I got one. I, I got one. I just, uh, I just was checking to see if you got something. Anyways, uh, Quentin, we are back, and uh, it's you know, it's uh, I, why am I? I'm like trying to do a preamble to explain this one, but this week we are the legal letters. Um, I don't know if you get it because the Q and T thing. Um, okay. but uh, either way, how you doing today? I'm all right. Uh, better than I have been the last few days. So good. Not uh, yeah. not having to deal with as much as I've been dealing with. <laughs> right. I mean, we're back. I don't know how long it's been since we've done an episode. I don't remember the last thing that we did, or if I had somebody else on, or what the fuck. But feels like it's been forever. It also feels like it's been raining a ton here. Today was actually the first day where it wasn't. I like no problem any of that stuff. So like feels kind of somewhat back to normal so it's perfect to like oh let's record so i feel yeah same way and i think another part of it too that always makes it feel longer to me and you know whatever peel back the curtain uh like when we plan something and then it gets moved or pushed back or whatever it makes it feel to me like it's been a long time since we've recorded when really it's probably only been like a week and change right i guess i don't know yeah maybe like maybe like close to two weeks make it but like like yeah like and yeah. whenever we have to like keep moving stuff back, it's like it's just a whole bunch of other shit yeah. going on. But good to it go. It starts to good feel to like, now. oh, yeah. well, it must have been a it must have been a long time ago because we've rescheduled. You know what I mean? Like that's how my brain yeah. always, always works, but it's not necessarily even true. Um I guess okay. Um that's it's kind of funny because before we started recording, we we're talking about the shows we we're gonna review, and you said like, oh. You know, maybe I have something to say about the West Coast, but I was literally planning on starting the show by being like, do you have anything even to say about the West Coast? We can like just talk about it real quick. Big thoughts, because I didn't think there was a ton to even say. And you said like not necessarily even to say that it was good, but just that you had more to say about from that. Um, So maybe oh, we'll just uh, save it. I mean, like, no, not, not, not even a ton. I was just like in comparison to. OK, so on the slate, we did have the West Coast, what West Coast, Best Coast. We yeah. had whatever the action show's name was, and it's those cool. were just, yeah. We had we had that, and I was saying that between those two, I probably had more to say about West Coast about West Coast Pro, but yeah. it's not like I have like super strong thoughts on it. Either. You know, that's probably fair because I was thinking about it like in terms of just I think I was thinking like oh it, it's been so long ago at this point that like whatever it's not even worth talking about although it's like I always I kind of do that and then I'm like nobody else is fucking talking about it right like there's I don't hear any a thousand other podcasts reviewing these shows like you know I guess there's no real yeah, reason Go yeah ahead. but yeah but even then it's like I think even if no one's really covering this stuff it's it's a point where we're like, okay, we watch the, we watch it, we see what the mat, we see the matches, we see whatever the booking plans are, and see what the next story is. If there's a next story anywhere, and it still just feels like, okay, what do I come on here on a podcast and say about whatever match? Right. Say about like the like say about the third match on the West Coast Pro Show. Uh, and like uh, like, like like in, like in this case, what was the third match? Wasn't it like wasn't it like that six well, man tag or something? No, like nope. To be fair, Quentin, you've once again, you know, you're, you're, I think you're stealing other people's gimmicks here because you do not respect women. Um, and that was the Masha Slamovich versus Sandra Moon fin- tournament finals to crown the first ever West Coast Pro champion. Okay, it was the okay, third okay. match. So, okay. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought, I I thought it might have been that six man tag. Yes. <laughs> no, but that, oh, actually, it depends on which six man tag you're talking about because 
honestly, both sick man tags on the show were pretty fucking good. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I feel you. I got yeah. you. Yeah, I feel you. All right. Um, yeah, but yeah, for sure. Um, honestly, I'm looking at the card and I'm like, the only show or the only match that I would be like, yeah, whatever, was the Masaru and and Ricky Shane Page match. You know, um, eh, maybe yes. eh, you know the main event. The main event it's... was okay. Okay, so I guess we're like, I guess we're there. <laughs> so ah, okay. I didn't mean to because I was yeah, like, oh, I, should we talk about the punk stuff first? Let's, I right, let's go for it. We're in yeah, it. I, yeah, fuck it. We're here now. Um, Speedball Timothy Thatcher is obviously like the big selling point of this show for yes. me and you and probably a bunch of other people. And yeah. I thought it was very good. I enjoyed it quite a bit, but not. I mean, not not, some, not my favorite work that I've seen from either guy. In the, no. la- in the last, in the last, in the last, in the last however long, and could be a byproduct of West Coast Pro and that environment, and not really trying their hardest here. But I did enjoy seeing Thatcher do the do the handwork on Bailey. We haven't seen, uh, at least I haven't seen Bailey returning to the hand, re- returning to that handwork stuff and bending his fingers back and his like his double jointed fingers and all that. I haven't seen someone do that with Bailey. Yeah, we haven't seen myself in a while. So yeah. it was nice to see a return to that because I feel like that's a really good formula for Bailey matches. Uh so I thought it was very good because it's two of the best wrestlers of the, of the last decade. So I uh, so of course it's gonna be a, re- a really good match. Just not great. Um do you want to yeah. chip it so you want to chime in there on that one? Yeah, no, I mean I'm with you. It was quick, you know, they didn't give it a ton of time, but that's kind of good. I've I've enjoyed that a lot of indie wrestling has gotten better about not doing a ton of overly long matches just because Again, just because, like you said, on paper, you look at this and you go, okay, that's the that's the big one. That's the PWG dream match kind of matchup, right? Two big names, two big, you know, like you said, all-time great wrestlers from the past decade in this match. And West Coast Pro does a good job of that doesn't take precedence over the rest of their card, the rest of their stars. And it's an attraction match that probably sold tickets, delivered for what it was, but didn't you know, outshine everything. And and again, like you said, didn't disappoint, but they didn't go over the top and say, you know, take as long as you want and do everything. And um, yeah, one thing that I thought of watching this, <laughs> watching Speedball's entrance, how would you feel um, if you're in the crowd and you hold up the hand for the high five to Speedball and he kicks you in the hand with his bare foot, like kind of gives you a high five with his foot? How do you feel about that one, Quentin? Are you into it? Or are you going, not, what the fuck, see, man? See that's, that, see, that's a complicated one because like, I he walks he walks around barefoot so yes like, like I don't I don't know I, I, like I might not like I'm I'm not sure I'm the big I'm not sure I'm the biggest fan of that one because he walked like I'm not sure when he ever wears shoes <laughs> yeah you don't know what's getting on there and sure for him it's fine he goes back to Canada and if he gets any infection they'll treat it for free but what about me I got to go home and if I get sick I got to go to work still uh, no I I noticed him doing that and I was just like. What are you thinking as the fan if you don't necessarily know what to expect from this guy and you hold out the hand for the high five and you're getting, you know, the the toes in the face? Um, just uh, that was what crossed my mind there. But uh, but yeah, I mean, part of it, too, is it's like. Thatcher. Thatcher's great, right? Obviously, we've got overexposed on speedball, I think, in a lot of ways. But like you said, they did do something unique here. I thought Thatcher was good grinding him down. Um, and yeah, I mean, I probably end up saying this is the best match on the show um uh, yeah i think without a doubt actually yeah this is definitely the best match on the show but that said yeah it's like not great um thatcher did some unique stuff and whatever but it's like 
you've got Speedball doing the the crazy wild bumps and bullshit that he's doing with Matja Slamovich and GCW to compare it to. And it's like, this is nowhere near that. But again, that plays into, like I said, that West Coast Pro kind of smart in that they're not just doing super indie dream match. They're actually trying to book their own stars as the main event. And they do here. Um, even something like the the tag team semi-main event that's on after this. Uh, I don't even know why I'm doing this. I'm like transitioning. It's like even like Brian Keith uh, is not necessarily a local, but they're kind of ingraining him into the storyline to make him a you know West Coast pro star and not like Bailey and Thatcher here who feel like just like almost like imports, right? Yeah, basically, yeah, ba- yeah, basically, and and like Bailey's been good in this times we've said I've seen him on West Coast Pro, but like you, but like you said, in this recent resurgence of his, a guy that's just getting booked everywhere again, is on TV every week. Like we're not seeing the, at least for me and you, I don't, I don't feel like we're seeing the best of Speedball. Like it's great to no. still see him because at a base level, like it's hard to get a bad Speedball match because at his base level, he's one of the most most fun wrestlers in the world. So. It's hard to get anything where you feel like you're not satisfied from it. But still, it's like, all right, it's Bailey and Thatcher. It's a match that I have really high hopes for. And just at operating operating on a on a cruise control level, they're still gonna go out there and have a good match. But no, I'm 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 fine with what I got. I'm fine with what I got here. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um what did you think of the the first six man? It's the second match on the show. Not, I mean, the match itself, I liked. I thought I liked quite a bit. But how do you feel about the return of AJ Gray here? I mean, that was the guy a, is yeah, yeah. That was the guy with his with everything that's going on with him and the way that he has acted on social media for the past few months and all this. Like, it's very interesting, and it also goes to show that even as much as you think like. Oh, you know, West Coast Pro is like a super indie and and they've got all these guys who come in from out of town. And we talked about that with, you know, with Thatcher and and Speedball and everyone's excited for that. Like. How much of this crowd cares? Like, you know what I mean? Like this crowd is just excited that AJ Gray is back and it does go back to point to that thing. Like even even with how much it feels like everybody who's into like hardcore into indie wrestling is on Twitter and knows everything that's going on. They really don't. They really do not. Most yeah, of the people yeah, in this crowd. Nah. Yeah, I, go I, ahead. I, feel, I feel like people kind of forget like the local aspect of wrestling. Like, you know, like that even if we are, aren't in the this re- we're long past this regionalized era of wrestling that the national syndication of wrestling killed in a lot of ways. That the local, hey, do you want to go to the wrestling show? Or hey, this wrestling company done this is, is not that doesn't run that far from me. Cool. You're not super wrapped up in the in, into the other stuff surrounding it and on Twitter and deep in, in these dark deep places like we are. Yeah, it's it, it, easy to forget those 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 people exist. Those people yeah, exist and, they, and still go to wrestling shows. Yeah, this crowd does not get did not care. They were just hyped. Or or, or, or if they're on social media, they might not they might not be as deep into. Hey, here are AJ Gray's allegations that might have gotten a hundred a hundred something retweets that like right. the, like their Twitter just might not have come across that it might not have ever come across their timeline it might like for they might they might be on Facebook they might be on Instagram like all these things don't travel the uh, travel in the ways in which we might hope or hope or think they or hope or wish they did but yeah that that's true and then there's an aspect of a lot of people probably don't care too so right. 
you never really you never really know what to chalk it up to or what to make of it but i feel like it could be the downplaying of locals and just going to the local wrestling near you and their social media not being into the uh super deep in the webs learning backstage and person and, and personal issue stuff and sometimes they just might not care but it didn't surprise me to see aj get, get such a reaction when he came back out yeah right it was it was definitely something and it does like um the it does remind me make me think of um like i listened to this the podcast today actually um, and they were talking about uh, like the that the concept. Um, I think Martin Luther King Jr. is kind of famous for it. The like the what is it, the arc of moral the the arc of the moral history long bends towards justice, right? Um, and how like that phrase and that concept is used to like pacify people um, and think that um, basically like oh you know it's always going to just get better, right? And that's all that matters. And then kind of like cover up for the fact that it's not getting how much better is it actually getting? And like that you do need to continue to work on it. And it does feel really easy to feel that way again when we're inside the the echo chamber and the and the bubble of being Twitter people who are lock, locked in thinking like, you know, oh, this like believe women speaking out all this stuff is so done. It's so culturally hegemonic at this point that it's not really that big of a deal and we can like kind of, you know, feel like, oh, we can kind of move on. Not necessarily to say like, oh, we don't have to continue doing it or espousing it, but feeling like you don't need to be as militant about pushing it because everybody agrees. And then you see something like this and you realize, no, not everybody agrees. And there's a reason why it is such a big deal and people need to keep talking about it because there's a ton of people who still are just either ignorant or they don't care. And that's like, you cannot give up. And again, as I talked about, like the the arc of history bends towards justice or whatever. Like, um, and I don't say whatever to minimize the 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 quote from Dr. King, but just like that, uh, I don't remember it exactly. Um, that like using that to pacify people to feel like that they don't have to continue to do anything and they don't have to be activists and they don't have to fight because oh, you know, we're gonna win in the long run because we're right and we're just and that's how the world works. It's like no, the the reason why it bends towards justice is because people demand it and they fight for it. Um, so you do have to keep that in mind. And I just thought, uh, like you said, what do you have to say about the, you know, the six man tag on on the West Coast Pro show? Well, I, I had a bit to say there, I guess, um, was when it comes to AJ Gray. Yeah, no, um, um, I, I feel like with that and just to pick just to, just to piggyback of this is. I feel like with issues of like our morals and our values and just what we think is right, it's easy to know in this case, hey this guy that was in the dms of under of an of a underage woman and acted weird towards her in unprofessional and creepy like manners once she once she made it clear that she was underage and that is a thing that should matter and that yeah you're right you're right to hold that guy accountable for that but it's not just enough to be right being right is not what gets anybody anything being right isn't what gets anybody anywhere, gets anything accomplished. It's all the other dirty, gra dirty groundwork that's not the fun, glamorous, or uh, maybe even most fulfilling part of doing it. They get, they get, they get, they get something accomplished, or get someone out of a space in which you don't want, in, in which you don't want them there. It's being militant and rigorous and 
wherever wherever you can amplifying the fact and amplifying people being able to find and hear and know this information because it's not just enough to be right if it was just enough to be right then a lot of things would be different in the world as a whole but like being right just isn't isn't what isn't what gets anything done <laughs> yeah exactly exactly um yeah and and again like part of it too with aj is, is like you said like pointing out that and then there are like some other stuff that's not even worth getting into about allegations with him that don't even have to do with with that but like whatever um again not not the time or place but the other part of it with aj is like i've talked about it on here is i'm not one of these people who thinks that we need to hound people for the rest of their lives and say that they can never come back from anything ever in fact i believe quite the opposite and that i believe that everyone can be redeemed in some way um if they do the work and the problem with the AJ thing is that he never, he never even gave any bit of effort towards that, towards taking any accountability towards anything. It was always defiance and it was always being, you know, very like me against the world, lashing out, continuing to just talk shit and, and basically throw up his hands and say like, I'm quitting multiple times. And, and that's his only recourse to dealing with anything and never really trying to make it clear that he was willing to to take accountability and work on anything it was just deny 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 lash out fight all that and it's like okay man like again that's not to say like oh you know he should never wrestle again in fact i'm perfectly fine with him wrestling and watching him wrestle based on what we know i thought the match was really good i actually actually enjoyed it i thought he was good in it alpha zo looked great suavecitos are fantastic i think more people need to pay attention to them but it is like this guy who's just shown absolutely no remorse or no even like the yeah, ability yeah, to yeah, just yeah, 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 that's the issue too. It's like just not being able to understand why you were in the wrong or why you were wrong and not caring to understand why yeah. you were wrong and all the callousness that goes along with his just general attitude is like, oh fuck y'all, y'all are ganging up on me. So I'm gonna so I'm gonna go and deactivate all my social media. Yeah. Like, no, it's not it's like you like you did something that was wrong to people that you was wrong, and you weren't even caring enough to take the time to understand why you were wrong or having enough decency to do any self-reflection and admit hey you know what i was wrong i'm gonna do the work to be i don't know i want to i don't want to say a better person and cast down whatever judgment but just make better but just make better better decisions yeah and you just can't even do that so yeah i'm like, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you where i'm not someone where i'm like or at least at least with aj where i'm saying i don't ever want to see him wrestle again he doesn't deserve to ever wrestle again this or that but i understand why someone could come to that conclusion because this is a guy that hasn't even been able to take, like even take like any base level of accountability. No, he completely refuses it, and like yeah, that's you know obviously. Um, I I don't even know what else to get into here on this show. Brett the threat. What do you th did you watch the the opening match? I watched the whole show. I don't. I, okay. I, 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 oh, okay. So Brett the threat, the guy that uh, black tight black tights guy, like how uh, that was dom dominated the whole match basically. Yeah, uh, singlet with the straps down, but basically black tights. Yeah, opening match. Guy. Okay, yeah, I thought he was pretty fun. Yeah, there's something there for sure. He's a guy to keep an eye on. I think I tweeted out this was about him, but you know, uh, uh, wrestler with a stupid name, singlet with the straps down, and promising rookie is like becoming instantly or continues to become like a, a very powerful genre of wrestler. Uh, we had Dunkzilla Davis doing this. We had Lee Moriarty, and now we've got Brett the Threat. Um, and the names just keep getting stupider, basically. And uh, so we'll continue on down this path, I guess. Um, 
Masha Slamovich and San- and Sandra Moon. Not, I don't know. I just Sandra Moon, man. I don't know why. Yes, no. Masha tried, but like I feel like there's only like a certain level you can get when when you feel like you know only the best of the best of the best can get can get an entertaining and or watchable match out of um out of people that aren't there yet or right. aren't really good or aren't good if we just want to be blunt about it. And Masha's awesome. I love watching her, but she might just not be at that level yet. Well, I was even I was gonna use this as kind of a springboard to talk about Masha there. But yeah, Sandra Moon, it's interesting because she's just overpushed and overexposed for the level that she's at. I find it very odd. She must just be she must just be a, a solid hang. Everybody wants to book her. She's game something. I don't know. But like she's she gets out there and she gets like a lot, a ton of praise for not really being quite ready for this level. But Masha, I mean, this match kicked off a hell of a week for Masha or a hell of a, basically two weeks for Masha. Uh, she goes from this to being in 16 karat, having the rematch with Fuminari Abe uh, from a fantastic match that they had on, during Tag Festival. Um match with actual tisher which i have not seen yet but comes um comes recommended from friend of the podcast amen who who actually dm'd me to talk about how good tisher is and that nobody talks about it and it was so funny because i recently listened to an old podcast from us and we talked about how tisher was one of the best wrestlers in the world for a while there and nobody even recognizes it um and now he's back in wxw and he's showing off and then from there, she wins the GCW championship from Gage and has this insane match with Bailey, um, Speedball Mike Bailey. So yeah, like this kicked off two weeks for Masha, and it was not the most uh, eventful match to kick off of a real big two week run for her there. Yeah, no, I haven't seen any of that stuff yet. I will um, get to sixteen karat. Who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll talk about it on some some of it on the podcast. I don't know. Yeah. But I haven't, I haven't gotten to see any. I haven't gotten to see any of that or the uh, Bailey. Uh, match at, G- at GCW, but that's funny that this started off with this match here versus Sandra Moon, and we're just both yeah. kind of like, eh, alright. <laughs> yeah, yeah she's, she kicked off a big two weeks with this match that was like whatever, but uh, I feel like I'm I've been, I'm dragging on this, and then we've had a little bit of a, a, a hiccup here, so we should move quickly. Lucha six-man, I absolutely adored this, and you know yeah. my stance on Lucha for the most part, but fuck, this was so good. This was so good. Los Vipers yeah. are fantastic. Black Taurus is amazing. I can't, maybe West Coast Pro or, yeah, West Coast Pro is the company to do it, but some company needs to push Taurus as their top fucking guy. Like an, a, a U.S. indie company should be pushing Yeah, P- yeah, like that's, like that's been a conversation for Black with Black Taurus now for like five or six years, honestly. Right. Is that people feel like this is one of the most talented wrestlers in the world, yet no one books him like he's one of those. He's just a guy that's Kind of like used for spectacle, and I feel like he can be like a top. He can be a top of the line guy. He can do the crazy, awesome spot fest fun match, but he could. But he could also. He could also do the big brawls. And I, I love him. I think he's awesome. So I'm glad. To, I'm glad to hear that you're. Uh, that you're on. Uh, on the team there too. But lots of going Tuxin. Tuxin. Uh, Tuxin's really good. I've like. I've liked. I've liked him for a while. Latigo's gotten more U.S. bookings and Toxin. I'm pretty sure in the last few years. So, was happy was happy to see Toxin get some chances in. Uh, Robbie's and Ray Horos. Uh, you know, like people should be familiar with with those. Well, more more Ray Horos, but Robbie's in the last year. And Viento yeah. it was nice to see him. But yeah, man, like this was really really good. And 
Probably my probably my match of the show. I think honestly, I, know this, I think I think this was my match of the show. I think I liked it a little bit more than you know uh, than Bailey and Thatcher. I said Bailey and Thatcher, but like now after thinking about it and talking about it, you're probably right. This is actually the best match on the show, and maybe that plays into the same thing that I'm fucking decrying, which is like not taking the you know Black Taurus and and the rest of the, the Lucha guys here as serious as I should, because um, yeah, and. One thing, Toros, I don't know if it's the first time he did it, but it was the first time I saw him do it, and it felt like it made sense that he busted it out, but in the match with Brian Keith on West Coast Pro, the show before this, he did the, um, the like, kind of, the po- opponent's laying down, and you do the standing head scissors. It's basically like that standing, twisting head scissors that uh, that people do, like, in a headstand, but you do it where you're standing, and you're cranking the opponent's neck who's laying on the ground, Um you know what I'm talking about? Like TJP does the the headstand version of it, and Zach does this version of it more. Um, but the first time I saw Black Taurus do it was against Brian Keith, and maybe he's done it before. But he snaps one off here that's like so quick and so like crisp and nasty looking that I'm just like, goddamn, he does that better than like Saber. Like even Saber at his best when he would do that move didn't look as fucking nuts as Taurus does it here. And again, like you said, like this guy is so fucking good, like. Can you imagine saying that? Now, I'm not saying, oh, he's a better technical wrestler than Saber, um, because obviously he doesn't really do that. But what I'm saying is, based on that, like, I think he could be. I think if Black Taurus focused on technical wrestling, he might actually be able to be better at that than fucking even Saber or something. This guy is, like, clearly immensely talented. Um, so, yeah, I just think someone should should rocket strap him and more people should be booking him in a more high-profile setting. Um. Looking at the rest of this, like I know these are big on West Coast Wrecking Crew. Uh, I don't really have much to say about this match versus them versus Miracle uh, of them versus Miracle Generation. Um, Benny yeah. and Ricky Shane Page. No, just not me. You know, yeah, yeah, not not for me. Like it was fine, I guess, but not really my thing. Uh, what do you think of Alan Angels and Kevin Blackwood being uh being a being in line <laughs> with each other? I think that they work well with each other. I think that they're good for for that for a heel tag team. Uh, do I care that much about them as as a team? Not really. And I honestly feel, in a weird way, that Blackwood kind of holds back how good Alan Angels can actually be because we've seen in the past, like in action, how good Alan Angels actually is, even as a heel. Um. So yeah, like I like it. I like the act. I think it works here. They're getting good heat, but I don't necessarily care that much. This was a solid match. Um, obviously I, I love Brian Keith. So I think that he looked, he looked really good in here, but yeah, I mean, this was Alan angels is the one who's really, you know, got the, it feels like a star when it comes to being a heel and all that here. Um, but otherwise, yeah, like I like the team. I could definitely, it's a good, it's kind of a good use for someone like Blackwood, but it's, I feel like it's not necessarily getting the most out of angels. If I'm being honest. No, I agree. Um, it also feels like a weird step back for Blackwood. Like maybe I'm not. I'm not sure if this is just enti- entirely going to be a West Coast Pro thing. But seeing what Blackwood's trajectory was, having all these different rematches and things kind of fruition, and seeing him, seeing seeing him, in a, seeing him in a tag team, and maybe and probably going to be the second best guy in the tag team because Alan Angels is better than him. Like, just feels like oh, this guy was like getting all these big matches everywhere and now he's in a tag team in maybe again this but it's probably just it's just going to be a west coast pro thing unless this becomes a big act that blows up people want to book everywhere or they have a desire to team up everywhere but 
it just feels weird for him and all everything that he's done in West Coast Pro to be at this point where he's in a tag team now. Yeah, I, I'm with you, I guess, in that regard. But, I mean, at the same time, it is like Angel's coming back to the Indies and more people kind of starting to break out and more people just like that in the same way who are, like, leaving the other companies. Like, I think that Blackwood was getting a push and getting these big matches and all this stuff at that time when there was literally just not, nobody left on the Indies, right? Like, Oh, you, you, know, you know, I agree with that. Yeah, so it, it kind of feels like well, now that we actually have some decent talent and some people who are actually starting to build some names and not, you know, the two big companies aren't hoarding everybody that they can get their hands on. Like he's not he's not the top of the indies anymore. Right. Well, so we'll we'll see. But uh, I, I, I guess I, I definitely agree with you that it's like a step or it feels like a step back for him, but it's also like deserved. Um, yeah. Like, you know, we, we, we should he shouldn't have been there in the first place. Like, Yeah. Main event, uh, Nick Wayne, Titus Alexander, two guys who I don't necessarily want to give a ton of credit to, but I actually did really enjoy this match. Um, yeah, I won't uh... say that it was great, but go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah, go ahead. I, I did. I, I didn't. Have, I didn't have a bad time watching this, and like, there's a big part of that due to like whether it was a blade job or whatever from the from the from the uh, from the throwing of chairs that uh, cut Titus Alexander open. And it was a pretty good cut too. Is it? Is, is that part of it? Absolutely. Um, yeah. But no, I, I, I thought I didn't have a I didn't have a, a bad time watching this. And I I will say though, I'm not sure if this is because Nick is in it and Nick is obviously really young and a child, and you don't want to do too much with him in a match like this. But it just, it, it felt like real like a really really WWE or like basic really surface level style. Of a, of a of a TLC match, and sure, I would like more there. You know, as, as soon as, as soon as I saw like chair shot to the gut, chair shot to the back, I'm like, oh okay, like I see where I see where we're at with this. Not that I'm against safe chair shots, but I was like, okay, this, this is this is getting very WWE ish or surface level gimmick match e uh, early on. But that being said, I still thought this was solid and. In a match in which I came in kind of dreading it because I'm not, a, not an Alexander guy, not a Nick Wayne guy, and those being in there to get those guys being in there again together, like uh, I have no reason yeah. to be super into it. I, I still wound up enjoying the match. Yeah, I, I I definitely see where you're coming from on that. Um, you know, it's definitely not what you expect from you know the son of Big Ugly, the guy who's whose claim to fame, as far as I'm concerned, is having a Taipei deathmatch with Timothy Thatcher from Deathmatch Tim back in the day. So, you know, I don't expect him to be taking it light with the chair shots and all this, but it is a different world. And you're talking about, like you said, a 16-year-old kid and and all of that. So it is kind of tough to uh, to really say, like, oh, I expected more, um, especially when we did get some nutty spots and some cool action here. And Alexander, you know... I talked about it that I see, I saw something there. I felt like kind of went off the rails, didn't really deliver on it, kind of felt over pushed. I never mentioned this, but one of the funniest things I ever heard one time was someone trying to like give credit to like, oh, you know, predicted Alexander is going to be great. And then look at where, where he's at now. And it was like, cause he won the West coast pro championship or whatever. And I'm like, you're 
argument for like that he's doing good is that the company that's trying to make you think he's a top guy gave him the title. What the fuck are you talking about? Like that's not that's no nobody else is booking him that way. So what the fuck are you talking about? But he did look good. I don't know if you saw he got a shot on uh, AEW Dark against Juice and he looked really good in that match against Juice. Like I, I hate to say this, you know, the haters and, and losers are going to be mad, but. I think Titus Alexander is actually putting it together and and somewhat starting to deliver on the potential that I thought was there. Um, that said, I'm not saying like, oh, you know, definitely buy stock in Titus Alexander, but I am saying like, if you were really sour on him before, maybe give him another shot here, you know, with this match and maybe some stuff moving forward, we'll see. But uh, but yeah, and Nick Wayne is, you know, he's Nick Wayne. Um, he's proven that he can be carried, I guess, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens moving forward uh, from here. Uh, I'm not happy about seeing this motherfucker in DDT shows, especially because I'm going to have to see him live on a DDT show, basically ruining a match. That's I don't he's not going to ruin it, but he's going to be in the match at the first time I'm ever going to get to see Higuchi live. And this motherfucker is going to ha- has to be there. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, like that's a real fucking monkey's ball moment, isn't it? Yeah. Like you, you know, you, you get a, you, you get Higuchi when Nick Wayne's in the match. But right. But, Andrew but, Everett's but, in the match too, though. So but but you know. but but I will say, like Nick Wayne could take a pounce and oh, it could be awesome. Yeah. But like even then, but even then, like if like he's he's not gonna he's not gonna take take a pounce better than Andrew Everett would. No, yeah, exactly. But you know. I, I, I think I tweeted this one out too. I was just like, I'd rather just Andrew Everett versus Higuchi singles match. It would it would make absolutely no sense, but it would be a better match. But obviously, we don't get we don't always get what we need. And I mean, there's a few open spots um, on some shows because of again people retiring abruptly, um, which is a bummer. But you know, if Higuchi filled in for maybe the Bloodsport spot, that wouldn't be so bad. Um, I I'd watch Higuchi versus John Moxley. I don't know. Um, either way. That's kind of it for West Coast Pro. Like I said, I feel like we're dragging here. I I, I apologize. Action wrestling. Um, do you have a ton to say? I mean, you know, I liked the building. The crowd was super hot. I loved the opening match. I was into it. I was really into it. I was like getting hype. Two teams with a bunch of people that I like. So I was in. I was like, okay, this is gonna be great. And it was. I mean, it was a it was a really good show, but. You know, I hate to say this, but it felt like an action B show in that, like, there was definitely some important things that happened, obviously, with the main event. But it also felt like a lot of kind of storyline stasis and not really a bunch of huge development. And I can't I can't say that I blame you when you book a show like this and you've got a crowd that's this hot and just into everything that like and you don't need to give them a ton. Like, don't waste it. Right. Like, does that make sense? So well, I, yeah, that was kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand for sure. Um, like I said at the time, I don't really have a ton to say here. Uh, Royal and BK Westbrook is interesting. Uh, and like I'd love to see where like where you know where that will go as a team. Obviously, we know that Eric Royal is a really good tag team tag team guy from his time working with Ray with Ray Kandrak and CWF. So like, right, we know that like so we know that he can be an awesome tag team guy. That's not something that we've seen a ton of in action, if I if, if, if my memory serves me correctly. So I'm all I'm all for this. I'm, I'm all for seeing what they can do. I, my only thing would be there is a lot of heel tag teams in action. So right, then we really need another one. But well, you know, I do like, wonder. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish what you're saying. No, no. I, I was just gonna say I do wonder how much of it has to do with the fact that BK is royal student. 
and mm. that maybe it's to build to a feud or anything between them. How long is this really going to be a tag team, right? Right. Um, so, yeah, but I, I get what you're saying. We, do we really need another big heel tag team in this company? Not really, but uh, but yeah, I do wonder. But that said, like they could catch fire. And I mean, yeah. with someone as good as Eric Royal, that's not out of the question. No, it's not, it's not out of the question. It's just like, you know, it's just a very like heel tag team heavy promotion. <laughs> Always <laughs> like, has it, been, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, just, it's just been a lot of those. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting thing for me to for me to watch. I like Kevin Ryan and I would like to see Kevin Ryan get to do more. I understand why he doesn't do more. But like, I, I don't know, man. I really like Kevin Ryan. And like, I don't know. Sorry. Maybe you can enlighten me. I don't know why he doesn't get to do more. What's the what's the deal yeah I, yeah i don't know i i, I enjoy kevin ryan man like yeah I, I, i'm saying like maybe he's not like he's not shook d in terms of like the charisma department and he's not like the prospect oh sure that, sure yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the alex the alex kane is but i really like kevin ryan and I, I'm, I'm just like man like yeah o'shea's here and you're you're doing the whole program and out of the out of those three guys you like kevin ryan should be the guy take, taking a fall i understand that but I think Kevin Ryan's really, 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 really solid. And maybe, like, that doesn't mean that he is, like, an upper mid-carder or someone that should be in title contention. But I really enjoy the guy, man. Yes, I agree with that. Like, yeah, okay. I understand that, like, in the hierarchy of the unit, he's, like, kind of the lost post. I yeah, just yeah, thought yeah. maybe there was, like, something else that you were saying. No, 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 no. Like, it's gotcha. like, like, I understand he has to be the lost post of the team. But I'm like, I, I feel like he's a little better than that. Like if I look if yeah, I look he, at the card, I feel like there's people that he's better than on this card, but you know, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, a lot of personality, definitely gets everything over, looks solid at what he does. So yeah, for sure. A uh, guy who could they could who could do more, but maybe, you know, that will happen down the line, hopefully. Um, um it was, and I'm it, just trying to get like go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like uh uh O'Shea, like it's I'm really happy to see him back, but this is not this was not the old O'Shea, you know, like he just didn't really get the the maximum O'Shea performance here yet. And maybe that's just because mm. this match was kind of more of a setup. Mm. Um, I don't really have a ton here. So I'm looking as I'm looking back and like thinking on my memory, my time with the show. So to the main event, I thought yeah, this yeah. was very good. Uh, I'm happy to see the title change. Cause I think the cult that, that is due for culture Inc. I feel like they put in enough yes. work and, these guys and these guys have really, really been good for a couple for a few years now, and that this is a good time to give to give to give them a shot. So if you have to watch anything from this show, it should be the main. It should be a main event. The crowd is super, the crowd is super into it. Like Tim noted at the top when sort of as we started talking about this, this is a this is a really really good crowd for like the action, uh, school shows where they you know where they where they're running in middle school and in middle schools and stuff like that. I feel like this is one of the hotter crowds I can remember from one from one from one of those from one of those shows, and yeah, yeah. this match is is one of is one of my favorites that I've seen them do uh, when when they're running those type of shows either either. So I thought this was re- I thought this was really good. I feel like this is a real solidifying moment for Culture Inc. Founders Forever. What they've done for action and like just the southeastern southeastern wrestling as a whole can cannot be overstated. So it was great to see them finally be in a be in a position where a team has earned that rub, and yeah, like you know they've been like the, the pillars of this company for so long, and yeah, like the idea is when someone has these big long dominant reigns or are really big dominant figures in the wrestling in the wrestling company that 
supposed to like you're supposed to build them up so someone else can beat them. And I feel like honestly, there wasn't really many people that could realistically beat them or feel like they were getting much from beating Bonsas forever until Culture Rink. And I feel like they're the perfect they're the perfect team to put in this position. And I'm excited to see what what what, uh, what happens with them from here. Yeah, and it does. You know, <laughs> I agree with everything you said there. Obviously, um, I don't know. I have no fucking clue what's going on with Violence is Forever, uh, with the Kevin Koo move and and all that stuff, and how often they're going to be in the South and whatever is going on. You know, I mean, Dom has never lived in the South, right? And now Kevin Koo doesn't live in the South. So what does what does that really mean for everything and and all that? Like, I I have no clue. But like you said, getting that rub from Violence is Forever. Like, this is really the difference here when you when you watch this and. Like you said, Culture Inc. feels like they've earned it and they're ready. And then I love Miracle Generation and we kind of breeze past their match with West Coast Wrecking Crew on on uh on West on the uh you know West Coast Best Coast show. But like I really enjoy them quite a bit. But when they beat Violence is Forever for the tag titles, it really did not feel as earned as like like you said right here for Culture Inc. It's almost like God, like should Culture Inc. have won the the IWTV tag team titles, you know, rather than miracle generation and i really do like miracle generation i'm excited to see where their tag team title kind of goes but it feels like it feels like really what they are with the iwgb tag or uh, iwtv tag team titles is that they're the beyond wrestling open tag team champions honestly as opposed to actually like the iwt iwtv tag team champions um that said, I can't remember who it was, but I saw somebody recently do the uh, the the crossover cross like the dribble through the legs style frog splash that uh, Dustin Waller does. I saw someone do that on TV, and I was like, "Oh, I see you," because like some they called it out too on commentary. Or someone was like, "Oh, this is such a cool spot," or whatever uh, that they were doing that, and I was like, "Yeah, Dustin Waller's been doing that for a while." And then someone did it on TV right now after Miracle Generation is actually getting some some buzz and some popularity. So I was like, "Okay, you know." I can see someone's paying attention. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a, a fun little thing that happened recently with that. But uh but yeah, who knows? I don't know what's going on with Violence is Forever. I don't know what's going on with Dom. Like I think he's even teased a little bit about maybe taking time off or slowing down in general. Who who knows? Like so Culture Inc. felt like they actually earned it, as you said, and actually got something here. Um talked about the crowd just being absolutely nutty and uh and i won't uh i won't belabor the point but i will say that like action wrestling i talked to matt here and there and i forget like the action wrestling crowd empties out by the end of the show because because there are so many kids there which is something that i think gets overlooked we talked about how hot the crowd is and this crowd was hot the entire time but like when you're running a show that's filled with children like by the time it starts to get late in the night kids start to go home and uh and on top of that, just in general, like you watch when the show started, how many people were in the building, it's emptying out a little bit by the end. But also at the same time, like maybe some people in some places, podcasts, different areas, don't uh, maybe don't try to estimate or guess things as much as you do. Because I heard somebody kind of guess how many people they thought could possibly be in the crowd for action. And they were like insanely off, like way crazy off to where it was like insulting almost. Um, so I would just say for a lot more people, don't like try to uh, don't try to guess. Don't try to look at something and just like guess how many people you think might be in the building because you might have no fucking clue. Um, and you might just come across like a, you know, like an asshole because you're just like guessing something. Anyways, Quentin, I I, I think I went on enough of a diatribe there. Do you want to uh, talk about Noah a little bit? Uh, Yeah, let's. Um, 
Um, I don't really understand why Kaito Kiyomiya just keeps constantly getting bitched like this. Like, I don't. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I I honestly truly just don't get it. Like, granted, he's not as good of a wrestler as this guy. So when I make this comparison, like, I have never seen like. Even Goshi Ozaki didn't get treated this bad. Like sure. no one, no one's gotten treated this fucking badly. Like nobody. Sagara, Shiozaki, Kano, Nakajima, fucking nobody has gotten treated this badly. That's supposed to be like your guy. This is your guy, because one, well, you have no one to fuck else. And so this is your guy. This is your young guy. This is the guy that you have. I have never right. seen a young guy get treated so badly. Like T-Hawk, for what we could say about Dragon Gate, that was like being cowards and not being and not being willing to pull the trigger because they like were they were still so reliant on the old guard at the time. And they eventually realized their realized their mistakes. So we see where Dragon Gate is now as a company. Right. I don't understand what's hap- what keeps happening to Kaido Kiyomiya here. I don't understand this shit because if you don't feel like he's a great wrestler, fine. I understand that. I feel like at the very least he's good and he goes up there in the big in, in his spots and he delivers, whether that is with Go, with Kano. I feel like he's delivered in his in his major spots. So I understand that Jake Lee is an infusion of fresh blood to the company, right? This is like one of the fresher main eventers that you can get that's not someone like Kazuyuki Fujita or 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 Keiji Muto or so, or or someone of that elk, right? That's not that's not someone that's extremely old has already been around. Jake Lee's one of the fresher guys that you could ostensibly get. I understand that. So maybe this is like a mountain to climb for our company babyface to lose this guy and to kind of come back and work his way up and win the title. Why does that involve fucking Keiji Muto, who ruined this guy in the first place? With this, oh man, like let's give let's give Kaito the rub by losing the Muto, then a then, then aligning himself with Muto, and now he's wearing Muto Muto style tights and adopting Muto moves. So not only after not only have you lost to Muto after you should have beat him, and it's fucking embarrassing that you have that guy losing the Muto in the first place. He loses to Jake Lee, and then I'm seeing, oh yeah, I'm gonna go follow Muto around the United States. What the fuck is that? That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't help anybody. That doesn't help the guy supposed to be your A to the company. Even if he's not the best, he is what you have. He is what you have. And this is what you keep doing over and over again. You just keep making him look like a fucking nerd. I've seen no one get treated this badly. It makes no sense to me. I literally cannot fathom this. And the thing that sucks about this is I thought the match was good. I actually liked the match. Because I like Jake Lee and I like, I like Kaito Kiyomiya. Not great. A little slow, a little plotting. I understand. But like, I like the match. I think the match is good. But why does he fucking lose again? And then he does this nerd-ass shit. Like, I'm going to go follow Muto around the United States. Stop making, him look like, stop making him look like a fucking loser. You already did that enough. God, like, give this guy a break, man. <laughs> it's incredible. And I, I don't know... If I can even say that I like the match, I'm I am kind of on the Jake Lee apologist, the Jake Lee believer side of things for the most part, usually. Um, and I'm with you in the like, what the fuck? This is the guy. Obviously, Kaito is the guy that, that you have and that you should be, you know, using 
for this spot and beyond. But like the finish of this match, I think soured most people to the point where nobody can say that this is a good match. And I'm almost to that point. But like, I think that you're probably you're probably right that this is a better match than I think it gets credit for because literally no I have not seen a single person say that this match was good and I think most of it is because of how upsetting the finish yeah, and the booking yeah, it, it, is and, and, and if someone feels that way I totally get it I'm just like you know like I didn't have a I really didn't have not not have a problem with that much of the match until the finish I really I really didn't and I understand like when the finish is that bad. It can over it can overtake the rest of the match. I totally understand that, but I just I, I thought it was fine. But then my issue isn't even the finish. It's like the shit afterwards where he's talking about I'm going to go follow Mudo across the United States. Like that shit there. Uh, that's so fucking inexcusable. <laughs> like it's this shit is yeah this shit is incredible. It's like what what are you doing? There is almost no time it's one thing to just be like you're not pushing somebody right like but comparatively like i don't know the only like worst i can think i'm like racking my brain i'm like Rey mysterio as the wwf champion like is that the the closest like you're really not trying to make this guy this fucking the champion the star the top of the company level let, booking let, of someone? let me let me let me let me let me repeat let me let me let me repeat this hold on because this this is from uh this from Hisame, the unofficial English trans yeah. like the language translator for like this. So this is coming from straight from the source, right? I will be your attendant and carry your bag. Kaito Kiyomiya accompanies Keiji Muto, who was inducted into the U.S. Hall of Fame. <laughs> so we so we can go back to, uh. so we can, so we can go back to basics and learn new things. Kaito Kiyomiya will be accompanying Keiji Muto to America, where Muto and Muta will be in, will be inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame. This is the Kiyom- this is Kiyomiya's chance to learn from Mudo. No, he's not going to do, do not, he's not joining WWE or, or going into developmental, right? So he's gonna go do that and come back, right? Okay, fine. He sounds like a fucking nerd. He sounds like a nerd. That's he sounds like incredible. a fucking loser. He sounds like a loser. Like, why on earth would I read that and have any rooting interest in seeing him reclaim the title? Why on earth would I fucking care? Like, I don't understand this. This is in t- this is working backwards. It doesn't make any sense at didn't, all. Didn't he finally beat Muda? Like, didn't he? Like, he does the Shining Wizard. He does. Like, why does he need to go back and like? He already had, he, already, he already he already he already changed his attire. Based off yeah. of Mudo, he adopted the Shining Wizard because of Mudo. So I do not understand. I don't get why he needs to train under Mudo more, and 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 yeah, like fucking basically just be his young boy again. Like what the? Like, like I, I really don't. I really don't understand. And like again, this isn't like a whole excursion or whatever. So I'm not even like I understand that. Why is he saying it in the first place? This is incredible. why is it why why is it a thing he's saying in the first place? This is not something he should be saying out of his mouth at a fucking press conference. I don't care how much of a legend he is. That is not something that the top guy of a company should be saying. Is it? Do you? Is it really just that Noah is that worried that like when Mudo is gone that they're not going to be able to draw, so they're like 
they really, really want to tie this guy as much as they can. Yeah, to yeah, Mudo. They, they, they really want to hammer, you know, hammer home to this, like that Muda endorses this guy. Yeah, like this is the Muda guy as much as po- we possibly can. They're, they're, but again, they're, you they're, didn't they're, have they're probably, to. They're, yeah, there probably there probably some tr- there probably is some truth to that. There probably is. But you didn't need to book him this badly for for that to be the case, right? Like, why did I mean I, the Okada thing was what it was, and it had some moments where it made it's fucking Okada. Like, I'm sorry, right, right. like that's Okada. He has to lose that. I understand that. I'm fine with that. That's just what it is. Like the fact that he got a match with Okada in the first place in the fucking Tokyo Dome, like. Hey, look, man! <laughs> like, like, like that—that's that, just how—that's just how the cards go. That's just what it is, right? Like, so I can, so I can understand that, right? Even losing to Jake Lee, like I said, Jake Lee realistically is one of the only, one of the few, like one of the only kind of like big names. And I'm using, and I'm like using big names very loosely here because I understand that Jake Lee yeah. has not accomplished anything and her being a ticket seller or anything, but he's a guy that that isn't that far off from holding the triple holding the triple crown title. So when I say big name, that's what I'm referring to—a guy that was a just a prominent act in another in another company. Yeah, he's one of the few and he names was that triple crown champion within a year, basically. Yeah, yes. So like, right? I so like I so I understand that this is like so now this is one of your few one of your fresh guys. He can become one of your top heel. I understand all of that. I'm not even mad at him losing to Jake Lee. Why? Is, why is he doing a press conference saying these things? What? I don't, I don't he... get it. I'm like, I'm already trying to move on. I'm sorry. I apologize. Let's let's yeah, he doesn't need to say this shit in the press conference. I I think I'm with you that he can lose to Jake Lee, but I don't know if he should have lost to Jake Lee here. This is too soon after everything else. Like he's not been established at all. Like this title run just been very little to it he's had a few good matches but it feels like he's just really fresh off of losing to okada it was not time i mean yes like you said it's okada but still it's not time to have him drop the title this quick um and you even have jake lee do the you know the the ddt outside of the ring on the fucking bare floor without the mats to even call back to the okada thing which i thought was a a great spot there but like I don't know. This I just feel like this is incredibly soon to uh to have him drop the title here um after that because it's just he it just does not feel established enough to take this loss and then yeah, like you said, to tuck his tail between his legs and say that he needs to go continue to train with the guy who's punked him out so many fucking times. Ah I, but, can't, I, I don't I don't know what to fucking say, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, but but okay, then that's my next step because you talk, oh, you're God. talking about Jake Lee here and that he can be a top buy, but like, can Jake Lee, leader of the good looking guys, be a top heel for this company? Really? Like, if they really wanted him to be a top heel, they don't like, have a choice. That that's, that's the thing. It's Noah, so really, like, they don't have a choice. Really, like this is what like this is just what they have to choose from. Uh so like, you know, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Um. Okay. Anaba and Kitam and Kitamiya versus Kanoa and Soya. I don't know if you saw that. That was that was that was really good. That, that was yeah, that, that was good. I thought, that, that, that was the best match of the show. Um, I'm not. I'm, yes. I, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> well, okay, but on that on that tip, because you mentioned that, why can't Kitamiya be a top guy? 
Because in this match, he definitely looked like he could be. To me, no. I, and no, you're talking I, about they I, need I, somebody. I, I agree, but they just uh, for some reason they just haven't. They've never really gone forward with booking him that way. I don't know what the reasoning is because he's one of the few guys that they've built up that wind up being a good wrestler. So I don't yeah. know. I do not yeah, understand that. That match absolutely kicked ass. He was the what? I, I, it's crazy to say this because like Keno is great, Soya is good, and you know, like Inaba is what he is. But Kiyomiya was the best guy in the match. Kiyomiya was the best guy in the match, and like, why can't he be a top guy? He came across like he could be a top guy here, but no, um, not. Oh wait, actually, okay. First, the junior tag team match, not the junior tag team title match, but the junior tag team match with. Uh, Amakusa, Ninja Mac, Extreme Tiger, and Lancelot was really good um, b- to build to Amakusa versus Lancelot. That's an exciting matchup based on this tag match did a really good job to get me to want to see that match, the the singles between them. So that was worthwhile there. And then the the actual junior tag team title match, um, not necessarily the match itself, which was fine. Uh, my thoughts coming out of it were just, I'm, I'm so sad to think about the fact that at some point time is going to catch up to Ogawa. Like, I just, I'm so worried that one day I'm going to see him and he's just going to be an old man finally, even though he's like continuing to wrestle as if like time has not affected him. And then the real talking point coming out of that is Ata. Did you, you've heard the news about Ata? He's a freelancer. He's here in in this weird, obviously, you know, it's Noah junior tag team title match. So there's always got to be an inscrutable turn at the end of every match. That makes absolutely no sense. We've got tag team champions who I guess don't get along or, or whatever is going on here. Um, but Coming out of this, Ata is still tag team champion. His partner turned on him. Uh, he steps away. And you talked about Jake Lee, but like, could Ata be a top star in Noah now that he's a freelancer and they can actually probably use him as much as they want? Like, mm, you know, he's small. Yeah. He's small, but he's a proven draw. He actually does move tickets and he moves merchandise. He wants to be a heel because he wants to play Paraguayo Jr., you know, cosplay for the rest of his life um, more than he wants to do anything else. Why couldn't Ata be your top heel here where you're talking about Jake Lee when you've got Ata, who is a proven commodity, who's actually moved numbers as opposed to Jake Lee that, like you said, I mean, his claim to fame is that he had to run away from a dying company because he couldn't outdraw the guy who you actually still have on your shows because, you know, Kento is showing up here. On the same fucking show. I, I tweeted that one out too. I'm like, Jake Lee had to run away from all Japan because he was never going to be a bigger star than Kento. And Kento is on every fucking Noah show since he's came to the company. What the hell? Um, you know, he's like, he's chasing him down. <laughs> but Ata, Ata is a proven big time star and doesn't have someone fucking hanging over his head that's in the same company. So why could you not go with Ata? But thoughts on just Ata freelance, all that. And then also, you know, the idea that he could be this top heel for the company. Um, I think it's, it's, just about, it's about time. Uh... So we've been getting to that point by HR for a while. If you pay attention to Dragon Gate, it just makes sense that this is where things would lead to. Um, not that big of a blow to Dragon Gate, honestly. <laughs> like, no, you know, you know, you know, like, yeah, it, it's just I, I really, really wish that I could sit there and still act like I think Ata is a good wrestler, and he has his moments, but I'm just not into Ata anymore, which sucks because he was he was my guy out of. Out of out of uh, out of millennials, millennials, I was I was I, I was an Ata guy, so it sucks to feel like I'm at that point with him. But this this is not the big of a boat to the Dragon Gate roster. And with Noah again, he's he's fresh blood. He's a guy that is accomplished in another in another in another company has capable accomplishments. 
in Dragon Gate and in and Noah. So why not? I feel I feel like if now we're to a point where Ata is freelance, he's not doesn't have a contract anywhere, so he doesn't have obligations anywhere else. I'm I I get it. Like if I Ata did want to becoming a, a GSA heavyweight title challenger. I wouldn't be mad at it. Yes, he's small, but so so is Cano. Who fucking cares? Like, right. this is where we're at. This is where we're, this is where we're at at this point. They don't have anybody. Wrestler wrestlers have also just been skewing smaller for like for, 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 for like the last for the last few years. Anyway, it just it is what it is. This is what Noah has. So if we fucking get a Ata versus Cano GHC title match by the end of the year, I would not be surprised. <laughs> yeah. And I wouldn't, I would not be mad at it. I'm think, like I said, I think you have somebody who's actually proven to actually be able to do something with business in general. And then on top of that, like you said, maybe he's not the best wrestler in the world or, you know, whatever anymore, but serviceable matches that don't disappoint and the crowds get into it. Um, you know, like what the fuck better? What else do you got? You got Jake Lee. I mean, I'm sorry, but you know, it just has no, nothing has not proven to be a draw really in any way talented big you know sure but not a lot of charisma there and does not draw really so we'll see the heel stuff he is better as a heel and he's continuing to kind of maybe see what he can do and maybe the noah thing will work but again like what how much is he really getting away from fucking all japan when you've still got kento on this fucking show so i don't know Anyway, it's it is very odd to even have Kento here. That, that was so weird. I don't know where the fuck he came from. Um, Quentin, did you see anything from Judgment? No, I did not. I plan on watching it. I haven't seen anything from Judgment. Um, okay. I still I still got to go back and watch like the Stardom show that had um, was it was it Azumi versus Suzuki or was it no? It was Suzuki yeah. versus Sai Kamatani, and it was Azumi yes. versus Starlight Kid. Yes, I, 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 I got I got to go back. Yeah, guys. I got to go back and watch that show. I haven't seen anything from Judgment. I've not seen anything from New Japan Cup, so I'm like behind on all that type yes. of stuff. New Japan, I'm I'm just not going to watch any of New Japan Cup. I I heard you, maybe what, there was Davis was what, good there. Not interested. What do you um, think about Sonata? Well, not that we have to say, it, but what do you think about Sonata leaving Lij? Uh, and I guess and, and I and I guess now that they really have no fucking choice. Now Sonata is, I guess gonna do something i don't, I don't know <laughs> like, okay i didn't even want to get into this really but like i you look at it and they're you know it's kind of oh sonata you know they they put him in a new unit they repackage his look clearly they're getting behind him and it's like oh he could win the title like it's kind of like the vibe that people are saying and 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 what's coming off of this and i'm just like why sonata when you literally just did all the same shit with Zach and you could have a much better wrestler who's, I feel just, I don't know, Sonata, I guess Sonata's more over in Japan, but I just don't, I, it's hard for me to really believe it because he just is, has no charisma to me, but I just think it's so odd that it's like, Oh, they did, they did the same shit with fucking Saber. Like what? And they did nothing with him. They, I mean, I guess they gave him this TV title, but it's like, it's like this mid card, nothing title title. And it's like, oh, they did this with Sonata, so that means he's going to win the championship. And I just don't get it. I really don't. Um, that said, I haven't watched any of the matches, so I can't say. Maybe he's fucking tearing it up, but I doubt it. I really, really doubt it. Like, you know, 
but uh but yeah that was kind of my thoughts coming out of it because i'm just like oh you know join a new stable repackaged new look oh okay that sounds like saber it sounds like this this could just be saber why are they doing it yeah. Yeah, whatever just five guys right like uh, that's another part like that that ta- that name is weird <laughs> You're like, what the fuck is going on right now man like... yeah it's just i don't but the good news from what i hear davis looked really good in the tournament and maybe impressed some people because it did feel like fletcher was going to be the person out of aussie open that they got behind and that's not to say that that's a bad thing because i think that fletcher actually is great and looks great and has been wrestling fantastic but i was just kind of worried that they were going to be like oh you know Davis is going to take the back seat to oh, Fletcher, I'm, I'm, but I think I, I think me and you talked about it on here that if they that when Davis got the singles opportunities that he would be like, yeah, like like long like the long term play is Fletcher, sure, but sure. we both I think we both said if Davis gets like opportunities in like a G one or whatever that he would become a cult favorite. Yeah, he's gonna knock it out of the park, and that's the thing is that I think he was obviously he lost to Osprey, so that was going to be it, and where he really knocked it out of the park was that he replaced Osprey on the injury. And like, that was clearly he, you know, got that second chance and, and delivered big. And I think that was a big part of what helped him stand out. So, you know, again, it was like not supposed to happen or whatever. And and that was what, that was what got the, uh, got the notoriety. So again, like I said, I just think it's a good thing because clearly the booking and, and then they saw him in a certain spot. And I think that him popping in, taking, uh, Will's spot and, uh, and really killing it is going to help. I don't want him to, oh, I don't want it to be like a hierarchy. Oh, now he's the top guy over Fletcher. My point was more, I didn't want him to take a backseat to Fletcher and hopefully yeah, now no. they'll see it and they'll just treat them equal. Mm, no, for, not for sure. Like, I think my thing was always like, oh yeah, like Fletcher is the one that got co-signed directly by Tanahashi and everything and had that storyline going on. So I feel like Fletcher, Fletcher for as long as he wants to be there, Fletcher is always going to be good. I was just like, for for his style, for Mark Davis's style, for what he brings, for the Western fans that watch New Japan, it, it might be easy to get, get so caught up in like the fireworks and move, move, move of Aussie Open matches. But if you get Mark Davis by himself, I felt like okay, if you give him if you give him certain opponents, the guy's gonna go out there and probably be one of the better guys on the roster. People just watch that stuff. So I'm yeah. kind of like, all right. I think Mark Davis, assume, like, I, like, I'm not sure both guys are going to be in, in G1, even though they probably should both be in G1. But let's just say Mark Davis is in G1. I really feel like, depending on the rest of his block, Mark Davis could be the best guy in the tournament. Oh, I yeah. feel like, like, they're, like, I, like I've, I think that that's an actual thing. So I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, and like I said, like, I didn't, I honestly didn't even know that Mark Davis and Osprey wrestled, which, like, that sounds like it probably was fucking great. So I'm probably, I might right. watch that tonight. <laughs> yeah, I guess I said, oh, I don't have any interest in watching it, but now I've talked myself into it, and there's a ton of stuff from the New Japan Cup that I probably am going to watch. Um, just been so behind on it, and I, and I gave up on it at this point. But yeah, that, like that match, there's a um, there's a Fletcher match with like oh God, anyway. I should not try to even remember this, but yeah, there's like a couple of good Fletcher matchups on paper that sound decent um we'll get to the main event but before that real quick quentin i'm sure you didn't get a chance to check this out because it went up today but ambition 14 from the recent uh, wxw 16 carat we talked about talking about but this rocked this was a really good ambition um thomas shire just 
king. I've I've really liked Shire for a long time, but uh, him getting the chance to wrestle in the context of an ambition was so great. He's so perfectly fit for that. And it just, I hope that more people pay attention to him and, and start using him in situations like this. Like, perfect blood sport guy. Oh, Shire versus Cal Jack. You know what I mean? Like, big super heavyweights who can do this kind of grappling thing. That's the kind of thing I want to see. But, yeah, I mean, everybody else in the ambition delivered what you would expect. But Shire, I mean, I, I expected a lot from Shire. But I should say, didn't really probably, like, open a bunch of eyes. But Shire getting a chance here to really open up some eyes and, and make people take notice, I think was a, a major positive for him. Um, feels like definitely the kind of guy that WXW will get behind. And hopefully I, I can't imagine they don't just keep bringing him back a ton because he's a perfect, you know, WXW kind of guy, you know, he's that old comes across like that American cowboy type and he can fucking grapple and work that way. Like, yeah, this, this was not, I'm not going to say like, Oh, this was a great ambition. Like the, like the, you know, the Timothy Thatcher one or the riddle one or anything like that. It's not, quite at that level but it f definitely feels like ambition getting back to what made ambition great in the past um i mean i mean i'm gonna check that i'm gonna check that out i'm definitely gonna check that out in an inner circle i didn't get to see fuminori, fuminori abe versus adam priest and i heard like good Ooh. things about that so i've got so i'm excited to see what what wxw's weekend had that i would like yeah but the main event of the evening quentin cm punk drama it's back it never goes away. The world of punk never stops. Uh, no, uh, real quick. This is just like the news notes, whatever. Basically, I'll give you the timeline real quick because I don't know how much of you know. On the morning on Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer offhandedly mentions that he knows punk wants back. It's, everyone understands punk wants to come back. Punk wants to be back in AEW. At some point during the day on the on the board... I don't know what the question was or what the situation was, but Dave Meltzer says, and I'll just quote this exactly from the post because I can read it. Uh, do you know why they didn't advertise Punk versus Mox longer and why it had a short build? Because Punk agreed to it. Then AEW got a legal letter saying he wasn't down with it and wasn't doing it. They didn't know if he'd come until Tony put his foot down. There, there are a lot of nice things I can say about him, and you can absolutely argue with his position on moxley was correct but you can't argue he willingly did what he was asked in that scenario to me that is really confusing and i don't understand exactly what he means the last bit i feel like he's talking about moxley saying like moxley was willing to do what he was asked in the scenario but some people are implying that he meant punk because he he went along with you know losing to moxley initially and going on with a story that he didn't want to do Either way, Punk responds to that with a Instagram story because Punk doesn't really post on Twitter anymore. He does most of his posting on Instagram, which is funny because it just fits with the fact with how much of a weird old man he is. Um, and this is what Punk posts. Sigh, I wasn't cleared to come back to wrestle yet. Uh, then planned was to wrestle at the pay-per-view. I sat and listened to Moxley's Rocky 3 idea. I explained how I'd never seen a Rocky movie, which there's no point in even mentioning that in this post, um, and thought the idea sucked. But if the boss wanted it, do it, wanted to do it, whatever. He said he wouldn't lose to me, meaning Moxley wouldn't lose to him. I'd never experienced someone refusing to lose to me. I just laughed. I asked Tony if this was what he wanted. He said, yes, he's the boss. So I said, OK, 
but I'd need to be cleared first. They kept saying it could just be a squash, so I didn't need to be cleared. I scoffed at that. My health is more important. Dave Meltzer is a liar. Jericho is a liar and a stooge. There were plans, but plans always change. But I'll never put a company above my health ever again. Punk really wants to come back. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't need to be tweeting out that, you know, the sheriff is a liar and talking all this shit. Obviously, he deleted the story relatively quickly, but he put it out there to begin with. Quentin, what do you think about punk drama continuing on and on? Do you think that they should bring him back? Does it make good business sense? And uh, what do you think about the Rocky three and the fact that punk never, uh, never seen Rocky? My first thought when I heard that was like, I'm sure he's seen Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, and then he tweeted the same joke. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course there, was, there was a joke. That, there was a joke of Punk saying that. Um, yeah. One, Rocky Three is the best Rocky. So like, that's like, you know, like that kind of sure. stuff that he, that he hasn't seen. That one. That's a really, that's a, that's a pretty solid movie. Um, secondly, of course it makes business sense to bring Punk back. Like anyone, like of course it makes all the business sense in the world. But it's to this point where. Even if Punk isn't wrong, what would be necessary for him to come back is apologizing and saying he was wrong, which he's not going to do because Punk doesn't feel like he was wrong. So, like, that's really the hurdle there because I feel like if you can bring CM Punk's business back in a second, of course you do. Of course you bring, of course you, of course you bring that back. Like, a wrestling product is immensely better when CM Punk is around. That's just what it is. And I would love to see him back. You would want to, and a lot of people would like to see CM Punk back. I feel like there was a real period in AEW last year where losing Punk was a very real issue for them. And, yeah. like, affected, affected a lot of people's interests. Not that it, like, drove people away in droves, but there were people who were affected by the fact that, that not just that drama, but the fact that CM Punk wound up leaving the company because of said drama. So... It would be, of course, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be very welcome to bring CM to bring CM Punk back onto the roster, but it just becomes a situation where no one really wants to admit they're wrong. And Meltzer and the information that he's like, I'm not CM Punk isn't all the way wrong, and I'm not. And I know that there's been the whole like topic forever long now. I don't feel like, but like we all know that CM Punk isn't all the way wrong here, but the way that it's being played by Meltzer and everyone else in AEW is that's not the case, and that Punk is the villain here, and nothing's nothing's ever going to be solved or rectified here if that's still the mentality that exists in the locker room, and if they truly feel that way, then yeah, there probably is no point in Punk coming back, and that's a shame because Punk on the roster and Punk on that roster was like one of the strongest wrestling roster to go against WWE that we've ever seen, like that was like that was really something that was going to be continue to be a thriving, stable force in the wrestling industry for however, for however long. And it's still going to be that. You, losing Punk doesn't, like, kill your hopes of being stable or whatever. If anything, you can say having Punk increases your likelihood of being unstable if you, if you, if you wanted to do that. But, right. I, but, I think, but I think that this is a situation where people are just refusing to be adults. And you give someone like Chris Jericho power in... Well, it gets even more power than he already had, and you you factor in that with Chris Jericho's relationship with Meltzer, and that money's and that money's things already as if like Meltzer's ear isn't already you know leading a certain way because of his relationships with the because uh, relationships with the Bucks and Omega, 
Like, he, like his his ears already already leaning a certain way, and now you're just now you're just giving Jericho more power to say to say and do whatever he wants. It 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 is not it's not it's just not a situation that's conducive to Punk coming back. And I think that as long as you have those people in power who are active wrestlers but still on the um on the business side of things like the Bucks, like Kenny, and like Jericho, that there's going to be these issues because. They're gonna sit there and keep having their perspective and their story on Punk, and Punk is gonna and Punk is gonna stick to his. But you know, I feel like I feel like we all know here that this is like a situation where nobody's exactly right. But as long as one side wants to keep vilifying the other to this capacity, the way that the AW side and I don't say AW, but like the Jericho and Elite and Elite side seems to, then. There's nothing really to do here, and I don't want to boil it down to the elite, the the just the Jericho and Elite, because by this point it's been Hangman, it's been Moxley, that's all had issues with Punk. So, if you like, maybe it, like so, like I guess at this point it is a Punk issue. I don't know, but if I'm Punk, I'm kind of like, okay, why would you not want to lose to me, Moxley? That's kind of weird. Like I don't, I don't know why losing to CM Punk would be an issue. I don't know, like you know, like I I understand, I understand that, but yeah. there's just so much shit here that. It's it's just frustrating because I just want to see him wrestle. That more than anything is like I just want to see the guy wrestle, and I was enjoying the wrestling he was doing. And instead, we just have to keep ha- having this same discussion over and over again instead of getting to a point where we're like, okay, that was fucking stupid. Just don't talk to each other if you don't like each other, and let's go do our own thing. But because that can't happen, we just have to keep yeah. having these conversations over and over again. Yeah, <laughs> I was. Gonna, I'm like. I know, uh, you know, with what you do uh, as your with your work, it's like <laughs> just as bad. But I'm not gonna not gonna dox you here. But you know, like the similar thing where you're just like, can we all just calm the fuck down? <laughs> like, can we grow up? Like, yeah. Geez. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and these are millionaires. These are <laughs> you know thirty and forty. These are grown fucking. These are forty year old men. Yeah. These are fucking forty year old men. Like, yeah. God, fucking Jesus Christ, man. If you don't like each other, then don't fucking talk to each other. It is really simple. But again, because these guys that are in power are also wrestlers, it's not as simple as that. Because like, because right. Jericho and these guys are also wrestlers, and I would imagine Moxley has some level of influence on, 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 things, that, on things that involve him, it, it, may, it, it muddies things a bit, which that's just the nature of wrestling. I understand Shit gets weird sometimes. It's not unique to AEW. That's fine. I understand that. But Jesus fucking Christ, man. It has been so long. So long. And like all we're getting all we're still getting is that no one is that no one can admit that both sides were in the wrong here. That's it. No one can admit that. Even fucking Mel even Meltzer, who like I'm not like I'm like even Meltzer, who has done good work. Covering this, covering this story at points, and is a, and like and no matter how you feel about him, and it is a credible source for things inside AEW at least to some extent. Like this guy clearly has a side too, and right. no matter and no matter and no matter what, if we can't get to a point where we can at least acknowledge, like, hey, they're like, whatever, what punk blowing up that day, whatever, like. Maybe it was a little too far, but did but was it completely unfounded? Did it come out of nowhere? Was Punk just being a fucking crazy person? Probably not. <laughs> like, like probably not. Would they did like? What did he overreact with with uh with Hangman? 
Yeah, for sure, overreacted. But did, but is his, is his anger coming out of nowhere? No, his anger didn't come out of nowhere towards Hangman. Uh, I, I feel like we're just doing this doing this dance where either side is just the fucking like most vindictive, evil, and manipulative per people in the world. And the right. reality is, they're they're both being that way. Yeah, and it keeps being like little pieces and drips and drabs keep coming out, sneaking around no, here and there. No one, no one wants to tell the whole story, right? Because like, I and, and, and like neither and like again, like neither side, neither of them, neither side wants to tell the whole story because I because it probably would make them all look like fucking children. Exactly. That was literally what I was just about to say. The reason why nobody wants the full story to come out is because they all know. That they all are going to look bad when the if the full story came out, they're all trying to cover their ass. Yeah, like the if, only if... God, man. <laughs> Go Can on. I say that the only person involved in all this who I think probably is being as honest as he feels like he can be, and probably if the full story comes out, is not like the worst is Omega. Can I just say that because yeah. the guy does not? I mean, he definitely likes to work the you know the wrestling fans and all this stuff but he never comes across like a drama guy you don't hear a lot of like fucking you know tittle tattle little stories and stuff going on with with omega and all that stuff like he really kind of like stays above and out of it for the most part i feel like yes he's definitely probably did some stupid shit but i just feel like god he's so caught up in this stuff in a weird way that's like it's so fucking funny um that he's even involved in this but you know again it's like oh his his friends the young bucks are, are causing a bunch of drama for him repeatedly and repeatedly but yeah like i'm i'm sure that everybody doesn't want the story out because they all know that they're gonna look bad right they know that they they all have some piece except for fucking jericho jericho's the opposite right well, Jericho's not even involved in the fucking story, and he's got to get in there because this is how you know that Jericho has always been a fucking dirt sheet source, talks to Meltzer constantly. That Jericho is a messy bitch who loves drama. Like when people like to tweet at him, where was your wife on January 6th? Like, none of that shit matters because I don't believe that Jericho cares even one smidge about like real world politics. He is too caught up in the fucking minutiae of wrestling bullshit drama to where like, that's his main focus in politics. He does not care about Trump or Biden or any of that stuff. Jericho only cares about fucking cheese, like gossip. That's all he cares about. And the gossip of pro wrestling, this motherfucker, like, do you remember the punk podcast where he, where he talked about Jericho, you know, text messaging yep. him and Jericho talking yep. about his podcast. Uh-huh. And he's yep. like, he just you could tell this motherfucker is not that part, reaching out for that, whatever. That, yeah, yeah, that part, that part gets entirely forgotten because we mm-hmm. talk about all the, the you know the WWE aspects and like, oh, look how things happen with him and Cole Cabana afterwards. But that Jericho part gets forgotten. That Jericho part of things gets yeah. forgotten from the beginning. Punk was always like, this motherfucker is only reaching out, only texting me, only asking me because he wants the fucking drama. All he cares about is the gossip. And yeah, that's like, he's still calling him out to this day because that's Jericho's whole thing. So yeah, I'm just like, Jericho's not even involved in the story and he actually comes across like the shittiest person involved in it. What, 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 what's, the, what's the William Regal thing? Like, like the people were like saying that like, what, what was it Punk that said this? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But like, I saw something about uh, people backstage in AW holding the opinion of which was correct that William Regal was a fucking like, you know, kind of a kind of a snake in the grass for a trip for Triple H. And... I didn't see or hear anything about this, but I'm I wouldn't be shocked. 
Yeah, like I'm not like there's something that I was just seeing floating around about that that being an opinion that like Punk and some others may may, may have been holding about William Regal at that at, at that point in time. <laughs> which I wouldn't is, be shocked. Yeah, which is which is fucking true. But you know, like if you're if you're saying that about someone that's also in the same locker room and that people respect and that people like, say like a John Moxley who likes William Regal and all these like all these guys who have great relationships with them, that saying things about him might not go might not go over well either. But the reality is that if Punk was saying that, then that's the fucking truth. <laughs> it definitely looks that way now that Regal's back in WWE, right? Like if like if, if like any any negative opinion that people would have about Regal, like at least in terms of his relationship with Triple H and what that means and how what what his intentions truly are, that's just the truth. Like <laughs> like yeah. Like if, if people got mad about Punk for that one, then like. Yeah, he could he could do no right in that locker room if, if they were getting mad about the William Regal thing. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, man. I don't... Oh man. Okay, so <laughs> I guess we're basically on the same page here. Punk should be allowed to wrestle and actually should be allowed to book the company um moving forward. And uh <laughs> I I I'm just so fucking sick. It's so tough. It's like we t- we tried to review a couple indie shows, but it was like you said, it was kind of like eh, whatever. Talked about Noah, yeah, whatever. I don't want to keep talking about drama, AEW drama, but like that's the only exciting thing going on. Too much wrestling is fucking boring, um, or too much of wrestling is fucking boring, and like otherwise, like what's going on? But um, next week. I don't know. We'll probably do a podcast the week after that. I'll have WrestleMania weekend live report going to a ton oh, of stuff. Did God, you just I see this fucking WrestleMania? Fuck Jesus Christ. Okay. Did what? you yeah, what? see what just got posted by Tony Khan? No. ROH Super Card of Honor for the AAA Mega Heavyweight Championship. I think uh, the title's in the picture. El Hijo de Vikingo <laughs> versus Commander. I, I... That sounds awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah. I have tickets to that show, but I also have tickets to Prestige that's happening at the same time. And that's Aja Kong versus Masha. And I just. I really want to see Aja Kong live because I don't feel like there's going to I'm ever going to have another chance if I'm being perfectly honest. Right. At this Mm. point. And I've never seen her. But. Vikingo versus Commander. Like, that's the tough thing. It's like. Seeing a legend that I may never get a chance to see live ever again, even if, you know, she is where she is. Masha, I think Masha will be able to have a great match with Asha, right? Or seeing two guys who are at the peak of their talent right now. You know, it's like legend versus great right this moment, you know? Like, either way, WrestleMania is coming, not next week, but the week after. Basically next week. It starts on Thursday, so we're a week away from wrestlemania quentin any other thoughts before we head out wait hold on so i'll I'll, I'll just i'll just i'll just tell us you off air but um, okay yeah i think i'm i'm good now i think we've covered everything that we wanted to talk about you can follow me on twitter at qt underscore moody you can follow tim at roh dutch i almost said bone dog's wife i had to catch myself but you can follow him at roh dutch you can follow the podcast network at wdkwpn 
I did not think of a thing to go fun for us this time, so I'll just come up with that next time. But thank you all for listening. Hope you're here next time. <laughs> I'm swimming